whimsical, so unpredictable Here on the SNL Network Yes, that is right. Welcome on in, everybody, to the Season 49 premiere hot take show with host Pete Davidson and musical guest Ice Spice right here on the Saturday Night Network. My name is John Schneider from the SNN. Very excited to be with you live each and every Saturday night after a new episode of SNL where we are here to break down the sketches, give our immediate and crazy thoughts on everything we just saw. And tonight was a crazy episode. So much to talk about. So much went on. And the best part of all of these shows here with you live is that I have some amazing guests, but I also have all of my friends in the chat who come and hang out with us after the show every single week. And we love to get your comments throughout the show. So make sure to put all your thoughts in there as we go sketch by sketch and talk through everything tonight. So uh, very excited to be back with all of you. And first up, let me bring in my man, Bill Kenny. Bill, how you doing, buddy? John, I am super, super, super pumped. Uh, this has been so long. If you had told me when I sat in your wonderful chair on April 15th that we would not be back until mid-October, I would not have believed it. But here we are 182 days later, third longest in the history of SNL for a break. So glad to be back. Yes. And I love the shirt. Tell the listeners what you're wearing tonight, Bill. I, I am wearing the Lunch Lady Land shirt from the SNL collection. So amazing. Eat your sloppy Joes at 1.30 in the morning and join us, won't you? A hundred percent. Amazing. All right. Joining us as well on the bottom over here is Victoria Franzo. Say hello to Victoria. What's up, Victoria? Hello, I am happy. I'm happy to be back in our season 49 era. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, no, uh, it's been um, a happy, sad time for everyone, I'm sure. But that doesn't mean my summer was not filled with any, it was not filled with SNL stuff. There was plenty of, of SNL happenings on on my end of things. But I'm happy to be back with the the three of you and, and this whole crew. Okay, well, very excited to hear more about that as we go through the podcast this season. But uh, last but not least, uh, you know him, you love him. It's TJ Randolph. TJ, how are you, buddy? John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. I am thriving. I'm 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 thirty and thriving. I'm doing well. I am not only enough, but I am enough. And uh, John, you may have wondered, uh, did my girlfriend ask? Did I want to, uh, you know, have a PB covered over my hoodie? Um, you know, for the Panuff, because I'm wearing the I Am Knuff hoodie. Yes, she did. Did she? She even offered to do it. However, did I decline? Yes, but then I still reference it to take credit. I did because I am an excellent partner, and I'm here to talk about Saturday Night Live. I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm thrilled, thirty, thriving, and I'm glad to be here, sir. Amazing. All right, so. This is what we do on the show. If you're joining us for the first time, we're going to talk about our headline from the night. Sometimes I say it's a hot take. Sometimes it's a headline. It is the hot take show. So if you have one, bring it on the hot take show. But we could ask what your headline is of the night. So we're going to go around the table. We're going to ask for everybody's headlines. Then we're going to go sketch by sketch. We're going to rate the show out of 10, and we will tell you what else is coming up on the Saturday Night Network this week. So that is the table that is being set for you on this show. So Bill Kenny, you've seen many SNL premieres over the years. How are you feeling about tonight? What's your headline as you walk away from this episode? My my 38th season premiere, so fantastic. But uh, I don't know if it's so much a hot take as it is a headline, but Pete Davidson appears in more sketches tonight than he did in the entirety of season 47. <laughs> right, right. 
Mic drop goodbye. <laughs> it's been a while, Pete. It's been a while, but we're ha- I was happy to have him back. It was cool. It was very yes, fun. Uh, Victoria, what about you? Do you have a headline for the night? Um, headline would be okay. Character work, Pete. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He was, it was trying that- it this week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I said this in forty seven uh, when we didn't get Pete for many many episodes. I said like if Pete wants to bring it on SNL, he can do it. It's just he has mm-hmm. to want to, and I I think he did, and we'll talk about that. But yeah. TJ, let me ask you, what is your headline for the night? John, my headline for the night is that the the this is the biggest thing to come out. I don't know why no one's talking about it. Lois Griffin. Uh, who's been married for over 20 years to Peter Griffin, is dating Pete Davidson. I thought that was the headline to come out of today's show. I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. Forget Travis Kelsey and Taylor. This is the biggest news of the night. Yes. Well, let's talk about the real biggest news of the night, which is, I mean, this has to be the headline, right? I mean, is it, do we get confirmed relationship here between Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? You're such a secret Swifty. I I am a secret Swifty. I think that SNL finally opened up the door that everyone's been trying to kick down for a month. Every journalist in the world, every journalist that's covering pop culture (laughs) in the world is is trying to get the answer to, uh, are they dating or are they not? And the answer was pretty obvious. She went to her third NFL game, but... uh, she was here. Yeah. Yes, Victoria. Can I? Am I allowed to show non-SNL pictures on here? I, I guess if it's relevant. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Yes. Go for it. Boom. Okay. All right. All right. Holding. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Wow. Right. Holding Wait, hands. Okay. Oh, so, okay. All right. So they really. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. for the listeners, it was a picture of Travis Kelsey holding hands with um, little-known artist Taylor Swift. Uh, sorry, little-known <laughs> up-and-comer uh, yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um. Also, okay, okay. Now that no, we now we know that they're probably dating. They're probably you know knocking boots. Um, you know, okay. <laughs> now we can leave that woman alone and let her have a relationship. Oh, that's definitely going to happen now. That no, we, we can leave yeah. her. Taylor will yeah. tell us because we're going to hear in the next album. All right, like we don't have to do anything. She'll tell us herself. Okay, let's give it what it is. A good six to sixteen months is I don't know how well, how was the normal Taylor relationship cycle go. Yeah, well, we're gonna have all week to address this and talk about this in more detail. So let's let's oh let's God. say that we'll jump we'll jump into it eventually. And as we I get through the sketches, yeah. But let me let me say um, my headline for the night. Truth be told, on a personal level, is just like oh, thank thank you SNL for coming back. I know that you mm-hmm. know writer strike is over, screen actor strike is still going. There's like exceptions that they can do this show, but like boy, did I ever need a Saturday Night Live in my life, like. Just it's just been a crazy, crazy week all around the world. And, um, you know, I, I tried to like, you know, put blinders on and like separate the two things, but then it, it, everything started to blend together. And, um, you know, like, it's like, how, how do you be funny in these situations? And uh, I'll, I'll just like dive right in as we start to go into the cold open for tonight. And then we'll, we'll go sketch by sketch, um, which was really not a traditional cold open. It was Pete Davidson direct to camera talking about what's happening in the Middle East and uh, talking about the horrible images and stories that he's seen and related it to something personal of him, which is, you know, his father, you know, passing away on 9-11 and, um, you know, dealing with all of that and, and how he, uh, how his mom helped him feel better through comedy. And, you know, that is a theme that SNL has used in tragic situations throughout the years is that, you know, comedy will shine through and, and help and heal in a way, which I think is like a really nice uh, sentiment. And I think that Pete, um, you know, for everything that we criticize about Pete Davidson uh, and joke around about all the all the stuff that comes with Pete, I think that it was really, really well-spoken and uh, really nice, the things that he said. Um, 
you know, uh, being uh, Jewish and on this panel, I'll just say like, I'm Jewish. I'm very proud to be Jewish and proud of who I am. Um, I think that the issues that are happening overseas are extremely nuanced. Um, and they're, they're happening all around the world. I think it's nuanced. I think it's politically nuanced. It's religiously nuanced. Um, and it's not the place to address those things here. Uh, there's plenty of places to be able to do that. Uh, but I will say I came into this weekend feeling, and some of you in the chat, I know you asked me uh, on Discord, and we've talked about this throughout the week, uh, should SNL address all this stuff? And I was feeling like they shouldn't. But knowing what I saw tonight, I do feel better that they addressed it in this way. Um, and I could just say that as someone who's like really been emotional about everything that's been happening this week, I can say that it made me feel better. So um, I was wrong to say that they shouldn't have addressed it because I feel like what they did was really, really well done. And I don't know that there's much more to say beyond that. Um, Bill, I would love to go to you on this uh, specifically just because I know that SNL has done things like this in the past. So uh, any connections for you know a newer SNL fan that maybe hasn't experienced SNL addressing really difficult situations? Yeah, I mean, it's it's born out of 9-11. I mean, it, it really started with there. Uh, it's it's hard to imagine uh, the first 25 years of the show, they didn't do stuff like this. Nobody did. Late night shows didn't do it. Talk shows didn't do it. Uh, they left that to its own. And I think this is the right way to do it. You address it, you deal with it, uh, and then you go to the comedy. Um, I mean, they, they've done this for Paris, for Las Vegas, uh, for Sandy Hook. So, uh, I mean, the closest that we've had to this was uh, Cecily coming out after the Paris attacks and uh, singing. Um, so I, I think this was the right move by SNL. You certainly cannot do a 10 minute long political sketch in a week like this. So I uh, wasn't sure what they would do, especially being a premiere. Um, but I think this was the right direction to go for sure. Yeah. All right. I think that's what we, uh, I think that's all there is to say on that. And uh, we can keep going with the show, which really, you know, was just so much fun to me. There were so many really cool things. First off, I'll say, uh, welcome Chloe Trost to the cast. Like very exciting just to hear. Uh, it used to be everybody's like so excited. Don Pardo was going to say your name. Daryl Hammond says, says her name like so cool. Uh, she's now a part of the cast. So welcome Chloe. And she was in a few things tonight. Uh, something really else that was very cool in the opening montage was the PDD film being credited in the montage like bill yeah. i mean this is it's been a while right like uh i think this goes all the way back to uh, like a film by robert smigel with the tv funhouse yeah first time since my best friend smigel like i mean that was they've ne never did this for lonely island didn't do it the first pdds like great so so heartwarming yeah, yeah i couldn't stop i was i, I was <laughs> like uh, i was telling heather i was like oh my god they put it they put them like i was for a second i was like oh wow chloe like a new credit and then when i saw pdd i was like what <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah it was really cool I do want to call out how Plunky Johnson's name was said. I believe he said Clinky Johnson. Did anyone else catch that? Stop it! I did. I did not. But there, uh, you know, what? there's been a history in the, there's been a history of the show of of the announcer doing it live. Uh, I don't believe that Daryl always does it live. I'll say that he like pre-records from LA a lot. We've talked to him about that on the podcast. Um, so yeah, that would be a little bit unusual. But I can go back and listen on the rewatch. I recorded tomorrow. it on my phone. <laughs> okay, so you let us know. You let us know. I will. Uh, I will. But uh, that was really cool. And obviously, like PDD has had like a huge summer. Like during, they they definitely mm -hmm. took advantage of the time off and like did this amazing yeah. big tour. Um, like I saw them. I know a lot of our podcasters, a lot of you in the chat saw them as well. And they had their movie coming out in November, which I'm sure we're gonna get to cover here on the podcast. So um, they're really like, uh, you know, they're they're growing as on a 
crazy rate. Like we thought after year one, we were like, oh my God, PDD is such a big deal on the show. But I think outside of the show, Please Don't Destroy is becoming such a recognized name that it's almost like the show has to address them. I'm sure there's some contractual things here as well. But uh, to me, that was just like a fascinating choice. And and it's always, it's exciting. It's exciting to like know what you're getting going into the show and you're watching the montage and it's like, okay, we're getting some PDD tonight. Like it's fun. It's it's also fun. Oh, granted, it does guarantee they're in the show too, like that. Like, yeah. No well, I don't think they're. I, like, I don't think they're cutting PDD anymore. Like, I think they need know yeah, that yeah, like I, yeah, these guys are bringing the music. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, like, it's funny because I know that we did a lot of Lonely Island comparisons to them in like their early, like the early months of when PDD's first. I love the like the completely different track. Granted, I think it's probably completely different because they're not doing music, and Lonely Island did music. Which, by the way, some of those songs still hit ten years later. Can we just be honest? Lonely Island still hits. Um, yeah. But like, I love seeing like their kind of trajectory because like the Lonely Island, Lonely Island, I don't think did a movie until what like twenty sixteen when they did Pop Star. But like, these guys have already like put out like a film and like a mega tour. It's it's and granted, like it's so funny, kind of like looking at those two different trajectories. Um, like, well, the movie's really coming out, right? Them. And it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be huge i think like given the fact that you know projects are delayed but theirs is coming and it was going to be in theaters but now it's not but i i think like peacock is going to make a huge deal about this um like i said we'll, we have plenty of time to talk about this but i do want to get into pete davidson's monologue which is the next part of the show uh so if pete comes in he's uh he's doing his monologue and talking about uh turning 30 uh bonding with his sister a lot of game of thrones jokes which were like i've yeah. definitely heard many yeah. game of thrones jokes before so this was not unique but um a little bit about being insecure and then talking about um a girl that he he had sex with in a car it's at an island and the whole thing about uh seeing seeing pete on tv one day and then like the, the story flipped at one point anyways i'll let you go watch it if you haven't yet but um it was uh it was interesting because uh in dress he had a lot different of a monologue the Staten island stuff was still in there but not the game of thrones stuff um he talked a little bit about being uh, one of the younger people ever hired at saturday Night live like that stuff was cut he also had a little bit on it um make a wish kids so like all of that stuff ended up being cut my understanding was uh, pete is on tour right now on stand-up so he's probably uh sound tour so he's probably testing a lot of this stuff uh so if you had seen him in person you may have heard some of these things and ultimately they decided when the live show hit what they were going to put in the show uh, and that is what we got so victoria let me start with you on this one what did you think of the pete's monologue tonight and chat let us know as well bring your we'll bring your comments up on screen i i miss Pete's stand-up. I haven't seen him do stand-up in a minute. Uh, I, we've watched Bupkiss here on, on the network, but I truly missed it. I think it was very funny. I well, Game of Thrones hasn't been on my mind really ever. It's always been against my will if it's ever been brought to my attention. But the the incestual jokes were, were funny, um, knowing the dynamic between him and his sister. Not actually knowing, but knowing of the dynamic between him and his sister. So... Well done. Uh, I think he didn't do anything too long. I think it was the timing was also great too. So it wasn't so we folks weren't getting bored uh, at a certain point. But no, he was. I think he did a great job and uh, really got me excited to welcome him back. TJ, what do you think of Pete's monologue tonight? I'm glad Victoria that you were like a little more positive because I'm going to go a little not negative, but I am. I'm going to like. I feel like okay, I can kind of counter that a little bit. I feel like if I didn't know who Pete Davidson was, this would have been the equivalent. And by the way, this isn't this isn't fully an insult, but it isn't like at the level that I expect of Pete. 
I've, I watch a lot of stand-up clips, like a, like a Don't Tell Comedy is one of my like favorite ones. So they do a lot of like stand-up clips on YouTube. It's about 10 to 13 minutes usually. And I felt like if I didn't know if like, if Pete was like, like, it felt like I was watching one of those 10 minute clips where it's like, it's a stand-up that's a little like fresher and younger. And Pete's been doing, he's been in the game for what, minimum 10, maybe close to, closer to 15 years? Like mm-hmm. stand up, like he, he's a seasoned comic, and he's great. I've enjoyed both of his specials. I he's not he's as long comedian. as PDD at uh, Def Jam, but <laughs> oh my god, no. oh I can't wait! I cannot wait to get to that. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, but like I, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I am I'm enjoying the jokes, and I'll be honest, I like like Heather and I were shocked in awe, like that at the last joke. Actually, not the last joke that he just talks about, like the girl OD, like it turned super serious at the Very end nice. and i was like oh he's gonna land it i don't think he landed it as great as he could have like i was like we were looking at each other like like i was i was still clutching my pearls when they were doing when he did the ice spice sign off um like I, so i it felt like testing out material like i love stand-ups but like it definitely had that energy of like granted if you're going on tour you're you you probably kind of a little bit more fleshed out um then well, it's, i guess it's different if you're also doing a special you're probably like solid when you're doing a special but like it just for me it came off a little experimental i think it and was yeah it, it I, i'll be honest like pete it's your first time hosting snl i need you to bring that like special level prepared like stand-up set like i know lauren and everyone else makes you comfortable. everyone knows you you what you, you you left some stuff like in your dressing room so you just came back and set up like but like nah man this is a hosting gig and i just i didn't feel like it lived up to that bill what do you think of the monologue my first thought was and, and matthew mentions this in the chat uh you know how does he not start by talking about his time on snl but then I thought about it some more, and I was like, you know, he's only been gone a year. Like, there's exactly, no nostalgia yeah. there. It's not like when Sudeikis came back, and he's like, oh, I remember when we did stuff. You can't say I remember back in 2022. Like that. That's just not. So I, I, after further review, I'm okay with him going right into the stand-up. Um, and yeah, the way the way it ended was was fantastic. I love dark comedy. I love dark turns, and uh, it was an audible like, oh wow, did he just seriously say that? <laughs> so, yeah, that, uh, I mean, Game of Thrones jokes in 2023, eh. But uh, other than that, yeah, I, I'm okay with it. Then I think my hot take is that, like, I I think it just confirms for me that it was too soon to bring him back. 100%. I think that's what, like, what Bill, that just makes me, recon- what you said makes me recontextualize it. It just, it was too soon to bring him. And I mean, they get to a meta. They get to a meta joke in the first uh, pre-tape about you know, oh, he has one character, but like it was like it, we we talked about this all last year about oh, if Kate comes back already, my God, that'll be terrible. Like it's too soon. And here's somebody who was known for his pre-tapes, was known for his update, wasn't known for a lot of characters. So I think a lot of us question that going in, and and again the soonness of it. But I'm glad it's now as opposed to May last May. So. Yeah. Yeah, can I just say, like, I actually thought the monologue was fine. Like, the Game of Thrones jokes, to me, were, like, again, they were all jokes I've heard before. Um, so, for me, that that is, like, not... Th- that part, to me, like, wasn't necessary, but I guess they wanted to eliminate some other things that he said in dress. But my my gripe with it was, was just, like, a comfort level of that Pete Davidson 
actually performed so much stand-up on Saturday Night Live, as much as any stand-ups ever performed Saturday Night Live, but he did it all from the update desk. And he was so comfortable being behind that desk talking directly to camera. I felt like he was like a little bit, like I, I felt like he wasn't used to being like on the monologue stage, like right on home base, staring at the crowd and addressing them that way. Like to me, I don't know if that was just a me thing, but like I felt that. Or I was like feeling it through the screen almost because I felt like if he would have delivered the same jokes from behind the update desk, uh, that would have felt more natural for Pete. And maybe it's just because I was so used to seeing him do that for so many years. Pete did not come. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I'm going to politely disagree. Pete did not come across nervous here. He came across way too comfortable. <laughs> like he was okay. very okay. Like, like and I'm not stating that. I'm saying like, I just, uh, I had a different like view of it than you did, John. Um, that he, he seemed very at ease, honestly. Okay, he didn't, well, he didn't see like he ironed his pants. Like it was like you really <laughs> just see like he he didn't change his clothes between the cold open and the monologue. At least, oh my, I was like, wow. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not bad. It just it wasn't to the level that I expect of a season premiere of a host. You know? That's fair. And let me let me also say from our friend Ken in the chat, and again, this is an interactive show, so we want to see your comments in the chat. Let us know what you think of every single sketch. But Ken in the chat says the uneasiness actually makes it more interesting for, for him, and uh, that is totally fair. Like, that that is for sure. So I think, like, on a second watch, it'll be interesting to see if I still feel that way. Um, but I want to get into this NFL on Fox sketch, which, um, again, like, I'm, I'm a big football guy as well. I I watched... I've seen every pregame show for for and every postgame show on every network. And yes, this is a thing. Uh, they're always trying to work in Taylor Swift into their coverage. And even like NFL social media, like they changed their bios to Taylor Swift stuff. And it's just like taking over the NFL. And I and I think that this there, no doubt SNL had to address the biggest thing that's been happening in pop culture over the last couple of weeks, which is that the NFL is Taylor Swift obsessed. So for me, this was a really, really fun version of this NFL on Fox sketch, which we got a similar one from the Aubrey Plaza episode last year, like at the beginning of 2023, but not, but now it was all about Taylor. And uh, I love the turn that they made on this. So Bill, what do you think of it? I know you're a big football guy yourself. Uh, as someone who's going to get to bed at what, three, four in the morning, but I will still be up at noon to watch all the pregame shows and then watch Amen. seven hours of red zone NFL. Yes. Uh, I, to be upset about uh, it, It's been hilarious to watch. This is somebody who's a big pop culture fan, a big music fan and a big NFL fan to see the people clutch, touching their pearls about, Oh, they show Taylor too much on the show on the, uh, in the game. And it's so ridiculous. This is good publicity. It's bringing in a lot of people who would never watch football. So stop complaining about it. And I love that SNL went right to the heart of the matter with its first post-monologue uh, sketch. Uh, this was very funny. I love Pete's character uh, as the sideline reporter, wearing all his Swifty stuff. Uh, you know, these very old guys, if you watch the NFL on Fox, all of these guys are in their 60s, late 70s, and sitting there hearing them talk about Taylor Swift as if they know what they're talking about is always hilarious. So I think they did a really good job with this. Uh, maybe easy pickings, but uh, that's the only way you can go. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Travis Kelsey was not there in dress rehearsal. So nobody knew that Travis was going to be in this sketch. That was a button that was put onto the sketch once Travis Kelsey showed up. So uh, interesting, right? Because like that naturally would move the sketch up in the order. This aired later in dress. So TJ, what did you think of this sketch? Um, 
it was really hard to put some advice for this because I'm not a sports person. Right. And I'm not I'm not as anti-Taylor as I come off because like she has some matter of fact, I've been listening to more Taylor Swift in the past year than I have anticipated. Honestly, that Midnight's album was way stronger than I thought it was going to be. Um, Lover was garbage. Uh, but like, I, uh, I don't know. Like, I get it. People are fandoms. Like, I'm a big fan of Lil Nas X. And so if this was happening, I'd like, you know, I someone watch a football game. But like, I'm happy that people are happy and that they're having a good time. You know, like, I feel like it was kind of a waste of Devin's really good but like blinking you miss it like michael strahan like i wanted to see that a little more that cracked me up and i wanted to see, i feel like this was a waste of molly like this was that that terry bradshaw it just i don't know and it felt like no 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 sorry 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 i wanted to see more of molly is what i mean in that terry bradshaw like it was a waste to like have like them and Devin there for like a second and then um yeah pete in the hat though that did crack me up like i don't know there's something about a silly hat that like what is it about silly hats and comedy? You know, it, they're timeless. Um, so, like, I mean, I'm you know, if you enjoy this, that's cool. I'm happy for you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I hope you're doing well out there in these streets. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm still listening to Karma, though. Karma still hits. And whatever the song with the Tetris back, uh, backdrop is, that's, that's a good song. I don't know. Right. But I think that the thing that I have to highlight here for all the people who are not huge NFL fans is that there is like a major conflict going on as an NFL fan where you're trying to like focus on the games and the betting and the fantasy of it all. And then uh, this is like a whole sideshow that's also happening. And like, I'll give an example. Like I have Travis Kelsey on two of my fantasy football teams. And I was talking with my friends and I was like, I love it when Taylor Swift goes to the game because Travis Kelsey plays so much better for me. So like, there's also people who are just NFL fans (laughs) who love this too. Like it's taking over everything. So if SNL didn't address this, I would have been stunned. Victoria, what did you think of it? I think it was, so my dad was kind of watching SNL with me. He was on his laptop watching YouTube videos. And then this sketch came up and he goes, oh, Howie. And he started laughing. He got the references. And I'm not a Swifty per se. My mom is. And I'm actually in Detroit because I took my mom to the movie. Because I couldn't get, because I could not get her tickets. And I I was not going to spend, I was not going to spend that money for Taylor Swift tickets. Nonetheless. uh, But it was a great, I guess, unifier of generations. Like my dad loved Molly as as Terry and, you know, Michael Strahan. He he loved it. He loved seeing something that he was, that he's passionate about on TV, I guess. Not Taylor, but football. Uh, and for me, I just thought it was innocent and fun. And with all the stuff happening in the world, I really don't care if Taylor Swift is at an NFL game. And I think it's great that she is because she's bringing in a new audience. I think the NFL is trying to get more women as their audience to, in an effort to be quote inclusive. And if that's the way to do it, sure. I, the world is literally on fire. I don't care um, if this is what people are fighting about. And if that's your biggest problem of the day, I'm so happy for you. No, but, um, Overall, it was really cute. I did love the idea of Pete being a stan interviewing. And then, of course, my we my dad and my jaw dropped when we saw Travis. We're like, what? what's he doing here? I do also want to say that in Black pop culture, 
this is not the biggest news going on. The current biggest news is the Will and Jada stuff. So right. the second the Will and Jada stuff popped up, everything about the Travis Kelsey and like disappeared completely. So get your name uh, out of her yeah. mouth, out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. So so just so Wait. you know, um, Black America is is if we're talking pop culture strictly, granted the world is there's so much shit going on, but like if we're right. talking just about the world. Uh, no, sorry. If we're talking just about pop culture, that is what Black Americans focus. So we are not thinking about this a- at all. Like, well, I, <laughs> TJ, I think all cultures were uh, absolutely obsessed with the Barbie movie this summer that came out, mm. and I that sketch. I, I think so. I mean, I think so that the black man wearing a knuffle. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if this panel is any indication that many different types of people were obsessed with that movie. And I'll did, say, here movie. we go. Next up with the pre-tape, I'm just Pete. Obviously, this is an I'm just Ken variation here, and this is as inside baseball as it gets because there's so many specific Pete Davidson jokes here that if you don't like no pete and like the culture around pete you're like a lot of things are flying over your head um but this was this was so fun to me and so it, like it, it to me it just whoever thought of this it's such it's such an easy thing to think about but i like didn't and then it just all clicked and i was like oh this makes so much sense for them to do something like this and i just love i mean like we'll go through some of the references as i go to each of you but like uh his relationship with colin jost and then buying a boat they referenced all that stuff um you know the different types of pete davidson's like the way we got the different cans and we got black Pete, which was the Devin Walker thing that we referenced all last season. Uh, we got Met Gallop Pete. We got first update Pete. Uh, those were so fun. Uh, in the end, like him crashing his car, which is like something that it, it just everything here was so, so well done. Uh, TJ, because you seem to be the biggest Barbie fan on the panel tonight, I'll start with you. I, I am. I'm a, I'm a major Barbie fan. Like every time I get to see that I'm just Ken performance, like it's, it's electrifying the minute it goes into that really weird dance like like fantasy moment so i i i like at first i was like oh like this is like an okay barbie parody but the fact that like they did almost like all the different ken beats like i really like that but then the fact that i was realizing like everything you're saying like i only know about pete's pop culture stuff because he's related to snl however i did not know the thing about crashing the car so when it ends with like chloe like really chipper and then immediately crashing a car i had no context that i didn't know about that i just thought it was like a really funny like i don't know like it came off like really out of nowhere for me but something about it made me laugh instantaneously um but i really love this like the barbie movie was huge over uh this summer like you know I, i'm dating a barbie but like if we're being honest i'm the barbie in my relationship um she just laughed at that right now like i hear you giggling um like i'm you know like i i am the barbie like in my relationship it is what it is um but like great movie i i'm glad that they referenced it because like i'm still ugh, just energizing in that and like the p i thought it was a i didn't know we were gonna get like hip-hop pete um but i'm glad we got like song pete rather than chad pete because I like hip hop Pete, not hip hop. I like like yeah, song Pete a lot. And this, like, it just it, to me, it just like like built on the theme of this guy is having so much fun in this episode. From where we start, you know, from a very somber note, like it. He and I know that was a pre tape, but he really seems like he's just having a good time. Like, granted, it's because he gets to leave work on Sunday and everyone has to come back, you know, <laughs> on Tuesday um so like i thought like energy wise it was great uh i wish ryan gosling sang in more movies um i know that's not fully related i wish ryan gosling would come back and host again but like 
it just it made me want to watch the Barbie movie again. And I'm glad I got all the alpha references. When I saw the Black Pete, I y'all that was I, there was several times tonight where I almost did a spit take, and that was time number one. Um, that 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 cracked me up because I just didn't see that coming at all. But uh, I, I enjoyed this. It was very fun. Yeah, I, I cackled at that. Like, I thought that was, that was just so funny that because, like, I, I thought, like, Devin, like, never really wanted to, like, address it. But then, like, they did. So, it was, anyways, it was very funny. Uh, was Victoria, what do you think of the pre-tape? I absolutely love this. I would, uh, I mean, I was going to say maybe my favorite of the night, but I'll confirm later. Okay. Uh, so many great references. I think what I was perhaps expecting from the monologue of him addressing those things, I think were sacrificed for this pre-tape. And I think it was very well worth it. I believe a lot of people maybe were wanting him to talk, like, again, I think it was mentioned here earlier, but wanting him to talk about, hey, what's life been like since he left SNL? You got your answer. And unfortunately, it involves him crashing into house i hope i mean and i'm glad he's okay but no it was so funny i love the skeet part but we cannot legally talk about it uh, <laughs> like that was just so funny and it, i think it was a great way of him making fun of himself and kind of being like okay you guys want to talk about it we're talking about it and in such a timely pop culture fun uh way to do it they i'm glad it was a pre-tape and not a sketch really well done me too. I totally agree. I'm glad that they did this. And I have to imagine that the Bubkiss writers, producers, like part of uh, Pete's group, like probably had a major fact, like part in this because like, that's what Bubkiss was, which was just like a, you know, version of Pete's life and making fun of him and all the things that happened to him. So like, there's just so much material there that it made sense that they would do something like this. And then to combine it with a movie that they needed to address, naturally being the biggest movie of the summer, uh, totally makes sense here. Bill, what do you think of it? Yeah, well, let's not forget the open, too. Like, that's when they kind of go meta and start talking about, you know, what's Pete doing back here so soon? And that was really great before they cut into this. I mean, this is what a show that's known for covering pop culture and, and current events has to do when it's gone for six months. You know, you're going to cover Taylor Swift. You're going to cover Barbie. You're going to cover cover Pete's crass. Uh, but we're burying the lead. And, John, I was, I was, I'm disappointed because I don't think you caught it either. And I haven't even seen it in the chat. Did you catch the cameo in the dance sequence? The cameo in the dance? I don't think I did. What was okay. the cameo? There is a, a blink and you miss it thing. Is is it that? There's like a like a like a yes. not even a full second. I didn't like DJ, I saw Sunny, but I don't know what it was. If you get this, I, I'm buying you the the alcohol of your choice. It was too fast. I didn't I didn't catch okay. it, but I did see it. It was so fast. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. You it, you have to Hit be us. an SNL. You have to be an SNL nerd. It was Mike O'Brien, season 39 cast member and former what? writer on the show. He's dancing in one of the scenes. He's not in every dance scene, but he is in one of the scenes. I did a double take. I even rewound it a little bit. Are you sure? Wait, hold on. That's not I what I'm talking 95% about. 95% sure. That's not the secret thing I'm talking about, Bill. Okay. Okay. So Okay, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay. So so secret, I don't, secrets here. Scene, it's not a secret thing, but there's there, I can't remember what the line is exactly, but there's a line where Pete references something, and then the screen, uh, like the screen, like uh, it doesn't fade. It, uh, it like, like it. They edited in something within like 0. 0.2 seconds, and like it's somebody's face. Don't know who it was, and then it like 
I don't know. I don't like. I can't remember what the reference was, but like it was. It was Skeet. It was Skeet. He was talking about being called Skeet. Yeah, and it was Kanye West. Yeah, yeah. Was it Kanye West? Yes. Yeah. But it was. It was such a fast like cut that I just like. I was like, wait, who did they just put up? All right. Well, yeah. ch- chat. Let's. Uh, you, you guys help us out here because we're all we're all yeah. one big scene. Somebody go to watch out. it on YouTube. Yeah, let us let know. us know if Mike O'Brien was in that sketch because that would be pretty exciting uh, and pretty fun. Um, yeah. Overall, really enjoyed this. So absolutely. Um, let's get to our next sketch of the night, uh, which was a sketch called Wired, where we had uh, basically a group of people who were on a YouTube show, and the show was you're going to Google yourself and then see what the auto-generated search engine will pop up here. And um, a lot of like back and forth between different characters, but ultimately results around the fact that Pete was on a Delta flight and had a weird bathroom situation. And then it's all based on like every, you know, bunch of people, all the normals. Pete's the weird one. Um, So Victoria, what do you think of this? Well, it's I think it's based off a true. I don't know if this specifically was based off a true story, but there is a situation. I think it was a Delta flight last month. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I think Tyree is so funny. <laughs> I'm Victoria. <laughs> I'm five and a half. Uh, so Tyree on a plane and they had to land it. She thinks it's so funny. Um, and I also love. Are, are we sure? Like, Get that, is, is that the full story? <laughs> the the full. Oh, sorry, Victoria. Go ahead. No, but someone <laughs> recorded. Oh gosh, it's just diarrhea. Um. Someone recorded. You good? <laughs> someone recorded someone having diarrhea on a Delta flight. It was I think early September. I think this was like a fun play of it without because he couldn't actually do diarrhea. I mean, maybe you could. I don't know that they Why couldn't. I don't know because it's because it's still on the network. It's still network TV. Yeah, and anyway, so I thought it was funny to marry that with those Wired interviews, which are really fun. I actually really enjoy those. I really like the Willem Dafoe one, if you haven't seen that one recently. Um, But other than that, I mean, it wasn't that exciting to me. It wouldn't be, it wasn't my favorite of the night. I just think Tyree is funny. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, I just about Victoria. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that should have been your hot take to start the night, Victoria. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, Bill, what did you think of this Wired sketch? Uh, apparently, I'm a liar. I'm, I'm hearing in the chat here. I, <laughs> Bill, listen, Bill not, tries to break news on the show. <laughs> I, 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 honest to God, I, I'll have to go back and watch it. I swear to God, I saw him, and I'll, I'll scream. Bill, do you need new glasses? Me. That's what we all want to know. I don't. I got to stop drinking. That's the problem. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no. What do you uh, think of the sketch? <laughs> uh, the sketch, no, the sketch was good. Yes, it's based on a true event. I did Google this guy's name to see. Uh, it was not Zach Elliott. Whoever it was, he's you know doesn't exist. But yes, it was based on a true story. Uh, I, I found this to be pretty funny. Uh, if, if you're going to cover stuff that happened in the news, I'm not sure this is the way to go. But uh, it was quick enough, and and there were enough good laughs there for uh, for uh, a small sketch like this. So yeah, TJ, and they did they did say diarrhea. So I'm not one who is actually a big like scatological humor fan, but I, I this did it did crack me up. Not to the uncontrollable levels that Victoria's dealing with on mute over there, um, but like I, I hope you're okay. Um, but like I, I I did chuckle at this, and then like Heather she brought up the she brought up like the real story, and I was like it's it's part sad, but it's but it, it's way too funny that it overhauls the sad like way too much. 
but it's also like you wouldn't want your name out there in these streets like i if his name was actually zach elliott can you imagine like how devastated you would be like you'd be infamous forever like i hope we never find out this guy's i'm assuming it's a guy like i'm i'm assuming it's a male but let's be realistic here wait a stereotype I said what I said. Um, like, call me Doja Cat, son. Um, like, uh, but like, I this 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 sketch was more interesting because it made you wonder if the story was true than I actually think landing the sketch. If I'm being honest, like it's a fun premise. It's a little silly. Um, I like the wide interviews too. I, I think they. I like. I think those are really fun. Um, it is funny because like there's like those types of like there's the wide interviews. There's like the um, uh, uh, not. Esquire, there's like a like a men's magazine that does like the uh let's walk somebody through their career. Like there's different like magazines or outlets, like Hollywood Reporter does roundtables, like different outlets have like different formats, and these are more niche, I feel like, because some people know some of them. And I thought it was kind of fun to like take that like when they did hot ones, like with Maya Rudolph. Um but I don't That'll think this landed as strongly because I had more fun listening to Heather read me the story than I did watching the sketch okay can i just say I, I i maybe i heard about this at the time but like i i put this out of my memory but i did not know <laughs> i did not remember that this was a real situation and uh no no jokes i have a cousin who works for delta who part of the time is like like they like take like the bags off the flights like and they also like sometimes like empty the bathroom situation going on at the planes. so uh like in my my city of montreal i, I don't think it was the same flight. i think it was an air canada flight <laughs> oh really okay well i need a, i need a i need to make a phone call so um <laughs> that, no joke uh but yeah the, the sketch for me was probably the weaker like the weakest part of the night thus far um it, it went down a, a little bit in quality uh, i think that there was opportunities probably to do more with this uh than than they did uh like i said it was very like standard like build a sketch uh like bunch, like one crazy amount of a bunch of normals um but um yeah no it wasn't me on the delta flight to clarify uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so i i found the article and that's why i was laughing because i was reading the line from the article okay um so a man shared a video on X, formerly known as Twitter, of the trail of feces that was left by the explosive diarrhea. The man said <laughs> The man said his brother was aboard the flight when someone shit up and down the aisle. Okay, you know what? You, you didn't need this wasn't not necessary. There was no no added SNL discourse to this. John, it took them five hours yeah. to clean the plane. And this podcast is going to take five hours if we don't keep going. To confirm, confirm, and then we can move on. The flight was from Atlanta to Spain. It was Canada was not involved. So so my cousin (laughs) is in the clear, people. Um, Okay, it it took four years, John. But somebody said feces on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Check that off. Okay. Uh, Next up, we got uh, Trudy the secretary, which is uh, a Heidi Gardner character. This was fun, uh, where we had a law firm where we have Bowen and Pete arriving to the law firm, and and Heidi is the secretary there that finishes the sentences of uh, the employees and uh, seems pretty competent. But um, eventually we. We sort of learn that she's like not as competent as we think she is uh to me like i don't know about all of y- you guys but i've been watching suits for the first time because it's the biggest show on netflix and i feel like this had to be a take on donna from suits like we're not doing any suit spoilers here so don't worry but like i feel like this was a take on donna like victoria i know you're a big suits person as well um so like 
I'll say that. I, do you agree that that like this is where that could have originated from? And then we'll sort of talk about the sketch. I wrote here suits and Mad Men. It was a like a combination yeah. of both. Yeah, and that was a very Donna character of like finishing his sentence and then. Well, I don't want to do. So. Are you still watching? John, yeah, no spoilers. No, no spoilers to anybody. No, there's uh, people in the chat who probably haven't watched it yet, so we're not going to do spoilers. But well then, uh, never mind. But, <laughs> yes, but uh, the we'll be very careful of that here. But I'll just mm-hmm. say, yeah, this sort of reminded me of that. Um, I love that Heidi tried this, and I think there's a lot of things for me that really mm-hmm. worked about it. And I, I think that this is the type of thing that, like, so we discussed on the podcast for a lot uh, in season 48 about how Heidi's, like, numbers continue to rise. She clearly took over some of the roles that the previous women at the show who had left, uh, you know, were were taking. And then now... I think that what she did here was take it to a whole other level where she's actually trying characters and being in the show a lot. Um, So to me, this is like an elevation in terms of like her next step at the show. Um, And I I really liked it. Do I think this was the greatest character in the world? Probably not. It reminded me like of a Kristen Wiig character actually a lot that like Kristen would have tried at certain points in her career. Um, But yeah, I'm very curious, Bill, from you, like what do you think of, I know you're a huge Heidi fan. So what did you think of her trying this and how the character worked out? Yeah, I was getting very nervous that it took this long to see Heidi in the show. And, uh, you know, especially for a season premiere. Uh, but yeah, I I got very Mad Men vibes from it. I don't watch Suits, but um, yeah, th- this this felt like Joan from, from Mad Men for sure. And, uh, you know, the reveal that it, it took a couple beats to figure out that, okay, well, she's just guessing things that are really easy to guess. And, and I love when Keenan comes in and, and calls her out on that. Uh, the physicality was fantastic. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen that much of that kind of thing since, uh, you know, Molly Shannon, really. Um, so to, to see her do that, to see her break out a new character, uh, hopefully means uh, wonderful things this year for our Heidi. So I, I like this a lot. Yeah. TJ, what do you think? I, I, I'm a super, super Heidi fan. I like, um, I, she is my current like favorite cast member. Um, and I enjoyed the heck out of this. I I haven't seen I saw what I think I saw like I think I saw the first episode of Mad Men like ten years ago, and I remember thinking, man, this theme song is really dope. And I was like, I was like, where's Allison Brie? Um, but like, I <laughs> apparently she's in the show, and that's the reason I went to check it out because I'm a big community fan. And I haven't seen Suits. Is that show having like an office like Renaissance or something? Yeah, it's, like, it's the biggest show on Netflix right now that people were watching during. Uh, I thought during it was the just track. like another so. like USA pumped. That's besides the point. Um, but like, you know, I, I don't know much about it. Like, so no, for me, this was a little more fresh um, because, like, you know, you still get the archetype. It's a fast talking admin type. I mean, the person I probably think that talks as fast as like Ms. Maisel. Um, I enjoyed this character a lot. I, with the exception, I think of like. The Michael Jordan sketch, um, which is, I think, the only time we saw Heidi, that or the, uh, you know, actually, no, if we really think about it, we've seen Heidi be physical. She did it in, like, the the Megan Butt sketch. We've seen her in the um, the That's Hip Hop uh, sketch. We saw it in the 80s cocaine. Way. It's it's a little bit more minimal, but to do the full-on breaking a table, I don't, I think the last person to break a table on the show was Melissa McCarthy in the 40th. Um, I don't know why breaking a table, you know, Farley's done it. But like it's still I think breaking the table is so funny. Like I don't know why Eric Andre does it almost every episode of his show, but like it it did wonders for me. And this was also a harken back to um what I think Aristotle said in, in his interview on the 
on like our program um that he wanted to kind of bring back characters and this felt like a character yeah and this did felt like more something you would see probably about 10 15 years ago and not in like the sardonic way in the way that i was like oh my god i wish i saw this a little bit more because heidi's fantastic when it comes to character work and this for me this is something i'll be honest this is something i would i would like to see again if they could elevate it well um you know i know they want to do lisa but like i just i i really enjoyed this a lot and would like to see it well that's why i really liked this episode of saturday night live because it was so like let's cover the news the biggest news in the world that's happening and then we're also going to fit in opportunities for some of our biggest cast members to try characters, which I think is something that they got away from over the last few years. Because I, I think we can all agree, like, try stuff, you know, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I'm not saying that's what this was. I think that this was good. Um, but I, I'm thrilled for Heidi that she got this on the show, because I think this is, was a lot of fun, and probably won it over on energy, if anything else. Uh, Victoria, let me just get your thoughts on the sketch itself. And then we will keep going. I thought it was great, I th- especially for Heidi. This uh, again, the to, to mention the physicality again. Really love that. I really love when folks who are usually calm in a scene take that risk. Also, her shirt coming off and like yeah. that was great. Like she's snatched. First of all, nonetheless, um, no, I think it was really fun for uh, for that. And then I appreciated the weird moments with Bowen in this sketch and like calling a a car for him to fuck was interesting um or fuck in i don't know if we can clarify that for for me because i will think about it um wait i'm not the first person (laughs) to say fuck on the podcast tonight (laughs) you're the second (laughs) but i'm not the first (laughs) yeah 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 um but what's it called yeah i it was wacky and it was weird and i love that they tried it out yeah, uh, for sure. Great, great job, Heidi. Honestly, really, really, really solid sketch from you. So I, I'm, I was happy with it. Uh, okay, so here we go. PDD comes in for the first sketch of the season, where we see that Pete Davidson is walking in to meet uh, the guys and hang out with them. And I was like, did PDD cross over with Pete? Like, technically, they did, but like, <laughs> there wasn't a lot there because virgin. Come on, man. No, no, no. You, you know what I'm saying, though. Like, there wasn't. There was that, and then uh, pre- I'm pretty sure around the time of Three Sad Virgins, Pete decided not to cuss- to show up for work anymore. So, um, but yes, that was that was their first big hit, and uh, they reunite here. And Pete walks into the office, and they're uh, watching some old Pete stand up. And then Pete says that he had seen like some old stand up of theirs, and and would like to see some more. So they're watching like some game tape on them, and we have these like child actor versions of like uh <laughs> the pdd guys and they, these but I, I gotta give props to like the young actors in this because they did such a good job like they were to me like they made this sketch work and uh just the contrast of like uh again like the three whitest guys <laughs> ever are then doing like def jam comedy and the reaction and then the contra to me like the the funniest thing was like we all knew like there was a chance Mulaney would be in this episode and I love the spot they chose to put him in because they basically said okay like but Mulaney didn't work in the same spot and uh, I just had so much fun with this PDD pre-tape I think it's a huge win for them to start the season TJ you said you loved this one as well right um I did love I I'm a big Def Jam comedy fan like I um in my like college years like uh like 
whenever Netflix did like the Def Comedy Jam 25 special, like a few years ago, like that made me be like, wait, what was this? And like, I like dug it up and I was talking to, like about it to my dad because he watched a lot of those when they aired. So this was this hit home for me because like I know that source material like the Def Jam comic is a great stereotype like it, it works but I've also I've watched a lot of those episodes I love them so much it's so funny it's a it's an electric type of comedy that is like a great snapshot like it's wonderful so to see three little white boys doing it and not just doing it but knocking it out of the park I I was like and then also to drink the Mott's apple juice, like one little boy had the, what did they had the Lunchables joke that was like, if I was supposed to eat it, it would have be in the Lunchable. I, like they, whoever wrote these lines, which PDD knocked it out of the park and the delivery from those young actors killed it. A lot of times the black community, we're a little touchy on like what things people replicate, but it's about like somebody knowing the culture and like it's seeing stuff like this to show like it doesn't have to just belong to one thing. You just gotta like know how to move and how to groove. I loved the heck out of this because the I thought like it wasn't just the premise. The jokes were solid. Like I thought like the jokes were top notch, and um like I was like rolling. It's the kind of sketch I want to go back and watch immediately. And like a little side story, a few months ago, I I, I know I'm mentioning Heather with every sketch. I really love this woman. Um, like it's, I'm sorry, guys, but like I got her to watch some Def Jam episodes in. Because uh, she's a very white woman. She's very, very white. I, stop giggling, baby. Um, like she's very white, and I was the like, whole show happening seen... on TJ's part. I know. Yeah, it's funny. She's very. She's laughing in the background. Um, but she hadn't seen Def Jam. Like I'm trying to introduce her to like different things, like culture wise. And I was like, what's this going to be like? Because she's a big comedy fan, and I love that she also had the additional context, like I did now, seeing that sketch. You don't need it. The cool thing is, you don't need it. It's a funny sketch, top yeah. to bottom. But that for me also like warmed my heart a bit because like there's something special about Def Jam and I thought this was this was these boys they again they did it again a another solid pre tape oh sorry this put me in such a great mood it was great Victoria what do you think of it I loved it I think this that's this is the this and uh, I'm just P are competing for me of which is my favorite of the night. Um, it's, it's, if God wanted me to eat, if God wanted me to eat that, he would have put it in a Lunchable. I wrote it down. Phenomenal. That's a Um, great line. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the three topics of like bedtime, recess, coochie, of course, like (laughs) free. (laughs) Coochie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, big Mart Mart. I think what it really like, like hit the nail, put the nail in the coffin for me was Michael Che coming in and yes. his mom going. Um, what was his name? Ben Smoke Dog. Like that was <laughs> incredible. Did, did I did I make this up? Didn't they call Ben Ice Spice one point two? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, he said hi, hi Spice. It was so funny. No, and I, I mean, if you know Jeff Jam, they produce some of the best comics in the world you can go see them there's Greer Barnes who is on there who you can see at the cellar in New York City um Artie Fuqua who's also at the cellar at New York City and so I just love that they paid homage to it in a fun way and then I love when John Mulaney did come out um the one white guy with the the one white guy with two polos that was crazy but um (laughs) teach their own no that was it was awesome the crowd yeah. work joke is really great too. Mm-hmm. The, so good. The kids Bill, I want to know what you thought of this. So yeah. let's get Bill's thoughts. 
Well, as someone who's let me let me see if I say this right, TJ. Hawaii is that right? Am I saying <laughs> uh, in for probably about a decade uh, in the market I lived in, um, Showtime at the Apollo immediately followed at SNL. So I would watch that every Saturday night. Watch SNL. Watch Showtime at the Apollo. Um, it's an easy joke, and it's been done before with you know the the awkward white guy doing a, a set at the Apollo, but the added twist of these kids was fantastic. Um, them cutting to the old white guy with, with the black girl in the audience, calling him a dork ass. And you know, he ain't hitting that right. <laughs> like, that yeah, was fantastic. Oh like that, that just hit me so hard. And then, I mean, they, they even Pete calls them out and, and they do another T Swift uh, reference saying that they're all wearing different Taylor Swift t-shirts. So, uh, yeah, this, this was fantastic. Uh, PDD. What, what else can you say? Like, I was so excited going into today after watching their trailer earlier this week for the movie. And, you know, they just knocked it out of the park again. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we have Ice Spice coming in here. It does two tracks. I think, uh, you know, very solid job. Um, the stage and the lighting was like crazy. Uh, so, so well done. Uh, but I think like everyone's going to walk away talking about how Taylor Swift introduced the second Ice Spice song, uh, which was just such a big moment. I mean, this didn't happen in dress. Like I said, uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey were not there in dress rehearsal. Uh, so her coming on out of commercial was just so surprising for everybody around the country. And I think will be a moment that people will be talking about for a very, very long time. I do wonder if this is the precipice of a potential Taylor Swift hosting gig for the second time in the future. So something to think about. Uh, but yes, uh, for those uh, fans of Ice Spice, I uh, would love to know what you thought in the chat as well. Uh, for us on the panel here, we're going to keep going with Weekend Update, where we we have uh, two different uh, two different people coming on to Weekend Update. First, we have Bowen Yang as Christopher Columbus for Indigenous Peoples Day. Bill, any thoughts on Bowen's piece on Update tonight? As an Italian man, I was very insulted by this terrible portrayal. Get the hell out of here. This was fantastic. He was so great with his uh, spices and just <laughs> like... <laughs> and Che calling him on every turn with uh, all the ridiculousness that he didn't actually find America and he, he was looking for Asia. And uh, yeah, th this was this was great. I mean, it's always great to see Bowen at the desk, to see him take on another character uh, was fantastic, especially some, someone so controversial as Columbus is. Victoria, anything on Bowen's character tonight? It was it was awesome. I, I love that he's also doing more characters tonight. And love that he's trying it out. And then Marco, Michael, Marco. It was perfect. It, I loved it. TJ? I'm feeling like after like listening to you guys for this first half of this episode, like we'll talk about the first half, I'm realizing this was more of a highs and lows episode for me. Because I'll be honest, this one was a little low. I thought the costume was phenomenal. Like once again, like Bowen is showing up at the beginning of the season and like, you know, like, uh, like that was a really like dope Renaissance costume. It really was. Um, I'm not using the right history term, but whatever. Um, but I, this, 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 I feel like Andrew Dick, this just didn't really work for me. Um, like it just, it didn't really like hit. Uh, I, I thought the, the game was a little simplistic. Bowen's a great performer. It was well written, but it just, I, I didn't connect with this. Fair enough. Um, 
We also had these ebony alerts jokes that happened during a weekend update, which were added between dress and air. So Colin Jost reading the cards, I think was pretty raw. Like he was reading them and then having stuff. So it was like a version of a joke swap, which we've been craving for. I, that's, a, that's on everybody's Christmas wish list for, for the Christmas episode. I thought that was really fun. Uh, we also got... Uh, here comes Keenan Thompson as uh, Colorado Buffalo's head coach, Deion Sanders, uh, NFL Hall of Famer, incredible, one of the greatest athletes ever. And he's been a huge story in professional sports. Uh, besides all the Taylor Swift, uh, Kelsey stuff, he's been a huge story in college football in terms of like what he could do, his recruiting, how well he did in turning around this football team and just like how everyone's like be, being behind uh, Deion Sanders. And uh, here comes Keenan as Deion. And this was really fun for me because the fact that they went back and talked about Deion Sanders as a musical guest on SNL. Bill, my favorite part of the whole thing was they did not mention that that same episode, Dion was hosting the show and he was not very good at it. What did you think of this whole piece? As anyone who knows the show knows, this is considered possibly the worst episode in the history of the show and it the apex of that worst episode of the history of the show was Dion singing on that very episode yes to to be able to go back and reference something from almost 30 years ago and something terrible about the show from 30 years ago was perfect chef's kiss yeah also i'm pretty sure Deion Sanders was not the musical guest that episode. It was Bon Jovi. So it was Correct. like very, very, uh, they're rewriting history a little bit. But uh, TJ, what do you think of uh, Keenan as Dion here? Um, I, uh, I realistically, I feel like I have to kind of like politely abstain from sure. it a little bit. But I will say your, your comment on the, um, uh, on the Ebony alert joke it almost made me do a spit take like those jokes, like the, not my father, the, the father joke. I, I'll be honest. I hate it, but I do love a good, I, I do love a good, like, like absentee dad joke. And like, it it's, that's just like right up my alley. And I, I almost like, like did a full spit take. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to politely abstain from this one. Cause I, I, I don't have like a foot, like a foot in this horse. I'm like SNL history perspective over like a, you know who Deion Sanders is or a sports angle. So, you know, yeah. Uh, Victoria, you got anything on this? It went over my head, but my dad, who's very hard to make laugh, was smiling. So that's a big win for us. And Al, if you make my dad smile, if you get a an outward laugh, that's like, oh, that's funny because his standards are very high for comedy. And my dad was actually laughing throughout Weekend Update. Like, we're audibly. It was great. Yeah, I also laughed at Colin Jost naming like all the great musical guests in the history of SNL. And like that type of stuff is so fascinating for me to watch as an SNL fan to hear like somebody be so meta to like name the greatest musical guests in the history of the show on the <laughs> on the screen. And the Sinead O'Connor thing, which was like a, a double double like think, something to think about. Like I, I, I thought that was really, really fun. So um, for me, that was the higher point of update. Yeah, and and I think we all know if you if you know what Sinead did on the show, it turns out she was right. But regardless of irregardless of that, the fact that they weren't going to give her a bumper, even though she passed away recently, um, because of her history with the show, 
But to be able to throw in a joke there and have Keenan say, brave lady, she's been suffering a long time. It's it's really great that they found a way to kind of work that in there. So love that. Yeah. So after Weekend Update, we get this spaceship sketch, which was a Boeing character piece, basically. And I assume that this was placed after Update to be able to put that incredible makeup job on Heidi Gardner um, to be able to have the time to do something like that. Uh, so the crew uh, has made it to Artemis Five, and we have the crew. We have Mikey Longs and Marcello and Heidi and Chloe all there. Um, and in comes uh, Bowen as Marley. Uh, this new character from Bowen, uh, Gnarly Marley, who used to work there. And um, I don't know why I kept thinking of that, that really funny Bobby Moynihan sketch where he used to talk about his little kitty cat. Um, <laughs> so I kept thinking about like that, that, that sort of reminded me in the same vein. But uh, yeah, I mean, like this, this was fun. Uh, I think Bowen uh, did some characters I was less fond of in season 48. And this was, this was better than uh, at least one of the better Bowen characters I've seen in a while for me to come on here um, and talk and really get into it with Pete uh, as he's walking as I guess Marley is walking around and talking about all the things that used to happen when Marley worked there. So uh, I'm curious if you guys enjoyed this as well. Victoria, what do you think? I like the character. Overall, it fell flat for me. It wasn't, it wasn't horrible by any means. It just didn't enjoy. I'm not a spacey person. I've never watched Star Wars. I've never watched Star Trek. And if anyone is offended by that, I'm incredibly sorry. But yeah, it just, it wasn't my favorite, though. It did feel a little bit like Nick Burns, if that makes sense. It like had a Jimmy Fallon sketch. Yes. Yeah. Nick Burns. What is it? The full company name? Computer guy. Yes. Company computer guy, but not, but also like, we all know that one coworker who quits and then comes back a month later. And it's like, did you miss me? Oh, everything's changed. So like, that was funny. I like that part of it, but overall it just wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Um, yes, for sure. That like somebody who quits and just always wants to still hang out at the office. Like that is, that is a thing for sure that exists. The question is, is that did Bo and Powerty this well enough and did it make sense to put this on a spaceship? I think those are questions. Like if we're really going to deep dive into the sketch, I think there's some questionable choices here, but I think that Bowen had the right idea with this character. So, uh, that, that I think works for this. Uh, TJ, what did you think about the spaceship sketch? Uh, John, I like the way that you just contextualized it because I, I do agree that like Bowen had the right idea going into this. Um, like they, like this this guy or this person is definitely an archetype, something you could pull from, make fun of. Like, like it makes sense in the head, but for me, this comes across as something that like doesn't land when it's executed. But I don't really think it's Bowen's fault. I think it's the archetype. I think we all just hate that guy. I. Oh my god, like that guy is terrible. And not like hate him in a fun way that like, oh, it's fun we're making fun of this person. Like the like, oh, I used to work here. Like, like, bro, this is a job of juice. I don't care, bro. Like, this is like I I don't like that person. Yeah. But you just clicked on something, by the way, and this is probably a great conversation for our roundtable, which we'll have on Monday night, which is that like that only works as a viewer if you start to feel empathy for the other people in the sketch. Like you start to become part of them and you're like, oh, this person's okay. so, like, and the, the joke is there. And that I think maybe is what the sketch was lacking, the ability yeah. for us to cling on to what everybody else felt around it, as opposed to them, like just having the one-on-one quips back and forth. Like I think there was, I think there was work to be done on this, but again, character, interesting. I can, no, you know, I can, I can see that. That's, that's another way, another angle to come at it. Because I feel like, you know, you 
set like, it almost felt like there was more work done on the set like i'll be honest i'm sorry why are you gonna have heidi wear that kind of costume and like those contacts and not make her do more like i'm i'm looking at heidi visually and i'm thinking something's gonna happen there because she's like just so wacky by the way victoria don't apologize to star wars and star trek people like they're fine franchises but you owe them nothing um but like but that I, almost had no, nothing to do with the sketch. That's the, that's what's interesting here, right? I, that's like, that's what it, I'm talking yeah, about. Like, it, yeah, this this could have taken place anywhere. Lands about yeah. it, like it it just didn't work. Um, and I was trying to find like the polite way to say it, but it just, eh, like it's just, yeah. Eh. I I feel like if it was like um if it was in a bar, it may have worked more, or like a restaurant. Someone who was like a server and a manager who's been there for years and years and finally quit to get an office job. Maybe I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. You know who you are, girl. Um, like I wonder then, should the Oh sorry, go ahead, Victoria. Like if this that if instead of it being spacey or being it more realistic of like a real person, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like grounded Let's in reality opinion versus, here as, as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that was I think that was part of the joke. And I think it would have worked better in that scenario. You're right, Victoria, because people can relate to that better. The fact that they were about to die from whatever was attacking them and that kind of stuff was supposed to be the joke. It didn't land for me either. Uh, I couldn't take my eyes off Heidi most of the time because it was just she she looked stunning uh, the way she was made up. Um, and Pete was supposed to be the character that John's talking about here that, you know, you start to feel empathy for and you don't ever get that because it just doesn't develop enough. You know, you get the joke, Oh, he, he, you got old and that that's it. Like there's not a whole lot other, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of there, there, as we like to say. So, right. Yeah. And Pete also probably isn't the right cast member to feel that empathy for in that sketch. And 100%. like, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyways, look, there's a lot of things to workshop here on something like this, but I, I, like I said, I think there were things that were, were deemable about it. So I would love to revisit this and talk about it more throughout the week. Uh, we get an Andrew's muke sketch next, which is this beach sketch where Pete and Ego, it's the end of the summer. Uh, Pete was left his grandma's bean farm and they're all sitting at the beach. Um, this set reminded me a lot, by the way, if you ever go back and you watch, uh, I think it was, it was either Keenan's I think it was Keenan's 100th sketch. We put out a video once of all of his sketches and he was in something like this. But basically, uh, Andrew is like with all his friends. It's the end of the summer and he's buried under the sand like you would do like if you're a kid and like you're burying one of your parents or like you're having fun with that. And they give him sand boobs and uh, it's all fun and games. and They're all laughing, except uh, Ego is gone to go get a camera to take a picture. And at the time that she's gone, Pete gets a call that there's a tornado and the farm is gone. So they want to all leave, except Andrew really wants the picture to be taken of him in the sand um and the to me bill i think that this wins me over on the just the one-liners from andrew who could pull off the raspy voice the chris i am so sorry but and like the fact that he could do like that that is the effort i need from andrew dismukes in these sketches and i think that's why this won me over what did you think about it bill yeah, this is what we were clamoring for all of last year when Dismukes was notably absent so much of the time. Uh, th this was great. Although, I mean, the premise in 2023 that you need to go get a camera from the car. Nobody's got a phone. Like, <laughs> so nobody could have taken a picture with their damn phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> completely falls apart unless this is set in like 1990. Like, what, what are we doing right. here? But yes, yeah. And, and I actually got, this is funny, uh, like, 
Dismukes gave me Anthony Crispino vibes at one point. It's like, eh, I'm not sure that's what. Like his voice just kept going higher and higher as he's trying to justify the fact that the bean farm can wait. We just have to get this picture in. Uh, yeah, th- this was this was pretty good, especially this late in the night. And uh, Dismukes carried it for sure. Yeah, I'll say uh, we'll get to it, but I like this Dismukes sketch more than the other one we're about to get at the end of the night. Um, to me, this this clicked more for me. Um, Victoria, what do you think of it? Um, I thought it was funny. I again wanting to ground in reality, so like instead of a bean farm and like making it something more realistic, so it's like actually tragic and. It, him being like, no, I want to take this picture would have, for me, landed better. Um, also, I saw that kiss. And we all know what happened the last time Pete kissed someone on the show. Just kidding. Nothing's going to happen. It. Stop it. Sorry. No, nothing's going to happen. It's all fun. All is all is blessed. All is blessed. Um. I think everything's on the table with Pete, for what it's worth. Victoria, you know. Don't say these things. <laughs> I don't mean to be an instigator, but um, no, <laughs> no. I think overall is very funny. I think this is a great uh, performance from Andrew. I just wish, like, instead of like a bean farm and making that part of it silly, making it something serious-ish of like my grandmother died or whatever. That way, again, we can empathize with those folks while also being like, dude, yeah, forget your picture, yeah. TJ Beach Sketch. Um, I think you hit every nail, which was like, you know, I thought Dismukes was really great and really funny. Um, it's good to see Tros and finally to see, uh, Sarah, like, I'm really surprised at how little we saw Sarah this episode. Um, but that was pretty much my only, uh, takeaways. Well, we're about to see Sarah in Glamgina. So yeah. Yes, Bill, you want to jump in here? <laughs> what, what, well, no, one, one last thing. We got, you got, the- a, you got a hot Glamgina take? No, no, no. <laughs> Before we move from the beach, uh, this is the debut of Chloe Trost. We have to mention that as well. Well, actually, actually, Chloe Trost did appear in the uh, I'm Just Pete sketch uh, very, very briefly. You may have Where? thought it was Michael Bryan. Michael Bill. Bryan? You might have thought it was. But I, I, found <laughs> Chloe, I found Chloe Trost in the I'm Just Pete sketch. So actually, she was there for a second. We were, we were trying to figure it out. Oh. But yes, uh, that, that I believe was the first one. But uh, let's talk about uh, Gl- Glamgina, is it? Uh, Roger in the chat says Glamgina, but is it? Is it? Which one is <laughs> Victoria? Gina. Okay. Well, all right. It's Gina. It. <laughs> Roger, what are you doing to me? Um, it's 2.30 in the morning. All right. So we get Sarah at the uh, gynecologist who, of course, you know, Pete knows his way around there. And uh, he's... <laughs> He's, uh, what did you just say? <laughs> that, that casting made total sense, ah! right? <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, just all the women of SNL keep popping up to talk about uh, talk about the new uh, feminine product. So, Victoria, what do you think of this sketch? Give me a damn minute, John. <laughs> um. I got sweaty. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Come back. Did you to like me. the sketch? <laughs> Come back to me. Okay, TJ. John, what was the damn question? <laughs> what did you think of Glamgina? Oh, okay, okay, all right. I'm, I'm not the product, by the sketch. Back yeah. to Earth. Um, uh, I don't know. I knew Sarah Sherman was up to something. Uh, sorry, I knew Sarah Sherman was up to something. The minute you see, you, the minute you open the sketch with Sarah Sherman, 
in stirrups. Something's gonna happen. I don't know, but like, I'm so, something is about to happen. Um, but I thought that this was probably my last pickup of the night of like enjoying this sketch. Um, I do wish it hit harder for me, but I did enjoy it. Like, I, I, I thought like Sarah seemed like she was having so much fun just delivering the lines and like, it's honestly the whole cast, especially when Punky showed up with some lays in her hands, like, and like Chloe pop, um, sorry, Chloe, sorry, I guess we should call her Tros. Yeah. Trost is showing up for uh, like I think that's what we're gonna call her from now on, right? Like yeah. Trost and and Chloe was already there first. Yeah, but Trost showing up for like a high second, I was like, oh, that's nice to see her like like actually like speaking a little bit more and like it's a focus on her. Um, but like yeah, I thought it was really silly and like I don't. There's something so Sarah has this like spark in her eye when she gets to deliver lines like that gleefully. It's like it's a spark that's filled in darkness, but it's it's really fun. I really like it, and so yeah, I, I thought it was a good time. Bill, what did you think of this? We we can now confirm on the sure podcast that Pete is dating Sarah's vagina. No other part of her. <laughs> just for, uh, no, I, the, the, Jesus! The, I don't think he kissed that. <laughs> Yo, hey, John! <laughs> don't call it that. It's a vagina, sir. It's not a that. Oh uh, uh, no, this. <laughs> This, this mostly worked for me. This is what we want this time of night. We get this and then the upcoming sketch with the Smukes. Like getting the back to back coops on the show is exactly what we've been it's clamoring cooch. for. <laughs> yes. But uh, no, I, I love all the pop ups. Like TJ said, like that that's the best part of this where, you know, all of a sudden you don't know where they're going to come from next. And, and Punky showing up with the damn bag of chips was just so damn funny. <laughs> so good. By the way, really she was. does that. She actually does that. Like, that's a real thing. Like, she'll walk around and do stuff like that. So that was so okay. funny. Have you been to the gynecologist with Punky, John? Are you, are you <laughs> Not at the gynecologist, but, but maybe, maybe one day. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> uh, Victoria, what did yeah. you think? You, can you get together your thoughts and tell us what you thought of it? Uh, no, because... I was never given a, a chance to gather my thoughts with the commentary of the three of you. As the only woman on this team. Uh, I, I, I said ladies first. I handed off the sketch off I didn't you. book the show, so I, yeah. I'm just here. Put some respect on our glam chinas. Um, no, it was... <laughs> my favorite part is the commentary here of, of the sketch. No, it was, it was fine. Um... I agree that I love when Sarah's in her element because it comes out in her performance and I'm always rooting for her. Uh, as a woman, that product parody is like, I mean, we've all thought about it. Speaking, coming from my view. <laughs> no, um, no, but it's, it's, it's funny because it just, I think it's making fun of the uh, expectations societies society has put on women to be beautiful literally everywhere, and you know, yeah. yeah. Can we continue well, something else? <laughs> yeah, we should. We can. And by the way, uh, speaking of Punky Johnson, we are set to speak to Punky. Anything could change, but we're set to speak to Punky this week uh, to talk to her about the premiere. So we'll get some of her thoughts, uh, maybe including the sketch as well. So we're set to speak to her. So that interview will come out during the week um, if you'd like to hear that. So that's a, a quick plug for what's coming up this week. Um, can I say one last thing about the sketch? Okay. Hey. Vaginas don't need any makeup. That's that's all I'm saying. TJ Randolph, 2024. Period. 
All right, TJ. Sometimes. No pun. No Once pun. a month. No but... <laughs> okay. Uh, our last sketch of the night that we get is Andrew Dismukes. Uh, he's sort of like a cowboyish guy who's at the bar and he's uh, sitting around and chatting with Keenan and Michael Longfellow is a bartender and Pete Davidson's in this one as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Andrew's talking about how he gets uh, he gets a lot of money, uh, three figures, uh, to to take feet picks, and uh, Pete comes over and talks about uh, the similar amount of money that he makes uh, for his genital picks that he sends over, and Keaton wants uh, wants no parts in this. But it, it is a bizarre end of night bar sketch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look, look, I love that they're giving Andrew opportunities at the show. Like I said, I think the other thing probably worked more for me than this. Uh, this definitely, for me, needs a rewatch. Uh, Bill, what did you think of our 10 to 1 with Andrew Dismukes at the bar? Yeah, I, I think I was just so excited to get Dismukes, Sarah Dismukes back to back to back at the end of the show, uh, especially with uh, how little we got from Dismukes last year, that uh, I kind of didn't see the forest for the trees there. It, it it was kind of one note, not a lot of escalation, just kind of repeating the same thing over and over again. Like, oh, I put a zero in front of the three figures and like it just and, and Keenan doing Keenan, like, you know, doing the Keenan face. And, and it just I don't know. It didn't work for me on the most part. Dismukes tried his damnedest to make it work, though. So uh, I, I do have to rewatch it and see. But I, this this kind of fell flat. Yeah, I'll say last year at the premiere, we had like a Heidi and Ego sketch that they put at the 10 to 1, and they ended up having like really strong seasons. I think it's a show of confidence for the show to give Andrew a couple sketches towards the end of the night that made the show. So uh, that is a positive thing moving forward. Victoria, what do you think of this final sketch of the night? I literally would echo everything Bill just said. Uh, kind of, I needed a little bit more drama if you will in there or some sort of conflict or tension or anything to give it some oomph but um overall just glad that oops uh Dismukes was given given some camera time tj i'm gonna echo my fellow panelists here the one thing i will add is that pete seemed like he was having this was the one that cemented to me that pete was just also still having fun throughout this entire episode Maybe not as much fun as when he had Shalom. He was playing with Chalamet. Um, but there was like this, like he seemed to have a lot of fun with this like mustache and this character. Even though this this sketch was I loved his mix, but this sketch was ass. Like this was not it was not the finest work. Um I I, I don't know. It just it wasn't as solid as it could have been. Also, the we'll say the feet picks thing. It's a funny premise because, like, I know that's, like, a thing that people do and, like, people can make money off of it. But, like, bro, you kind of, like, drove it into the ground where it's, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a comedian. Like, but it just wasn't as – it just didn't hit. Yep, fair enough. Um, Not everything worked tonight, but a lot did. And I want to hear all of your thoughts on your ratings out of 10. That's what we do here on the Hot Take Show every single week. We ask all our panelists to give a rating out of 10 and a reason why. We're also going to ask the chat to give their ratings of the night. Before we get there, a little bit of business. I have to tell you some other notes from the show. So first off, uh, no new writers were added. I know that was a question. We got our new cast member in Chloe Trost, but I did get official word from NBC uh, after the show tonight. Got a text in from NBC saying fyi uh no new writers added to for this show this season so if you're wondering in case maybe they're coming on same writing team uh 
cut sketches from the night tonight. So there were a few cut sketches, including um, a sketch called Golden Bachelor. Maybe you've been watching the Golden Bachelor on ABC, the one hour show where we have an older gentleman who is vying for a uh, new partner, uh, Jerry, uh, Gary, Gary, Jerry. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, it's a, it's a very popular TV show now. Uh, in this case, Pete was the Golden Bachelor in 2066. And uh, we get different uh, women in the cast being his potential partners, including Sarah Sherman, um, Ego. Um, and so that is the Golden Bachelor sketch. There was also a sketch called DiCaprio's Island, where Pete Davidson is playing a Leonardo DiCaprio, um, Mikey Day as Toby Maguire, and the pilots and crew um, die in a crash. Uh, and it's all about a new reality show. And I, I essentially, my understanding of this, that the joke was that there was a two-minute pre-taped theme song for this sketch and then the actual sketch was only one minute so it had more to do with the fact the length of time of the pre-tape uh the theme song going into this sketch and then there was another pre-tape this one may end up online called bud light both sides and it's about bud light not taking a stand in middle eastern affairs so that one perhaps we will see that one show up online all right panel let's take it home with your ratings out of 10 bill starting with you I mean, as far as premieres go, this was pretty damn good. Uh, I think um, we'll see better sketches in the upcoming weeks, but uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. A lot to be happy for. Great. Victoria, what do you think? I was going to say seven and a half out of ten as well. I think it's um, a good launch for a weird in the best way season for SNL. TJ? Uh, I would go 6.75 out of 10, but I'm going to go to 6.5 for all the damn lights that Ice Spice was flashing during her first performance. Um, so yeah, six and a half. Yeah, I I might bump this to an eight, honestly, because I, I have to say, uh, premieres at Saturday Night Live are not great like season premieres generally like they're still working back into things i did not see any rust tonight i saw them trying things that didn't always work but i didn't feel like the show was rusty in any sense of the word um i felt like they addressed all different types of things they had to address both serious and pop culture stuff and they we had opportunities for character work from andrew dismukes heidi gardner and bowen yang uh for me like that was a very impressive showing by the show itself I, I think I have to go eight out of ten. This was a really, really strong show for me that I enjoyed. Um, I'm really happy with Saturday Night Live and what we got this week. So, uh, so much fun to get to talk about it with all of you and everybody in the chat. Um, really, really thrilled to be back here every single week with all of you. And before we get back here for next week with host and musical guest Bad Bunny, we have some more shows for you. So Monday night we have our Monday night roundtable. I'll be back with three more panelists where we will dive deep into the only the sketches that we really want to talk about. We're gonna parse them out really stretch them, get into them and have some fun preview Bad Bunny, talk more about Pete Davidson, his career at the show, what his legacy means now that he's hosted Saturday Night Live. That'll be all on Monday. On Wednesday night, By the Numbers is back. Mike Murray will be back to give you all the screen time data from this first week at the show. Victoria, my understanding is that you're going to be joining Mike on a bunch of shows in the fall. Is that true? Yeah, we'll see. Okay, well, I'm excited for that. Yeah, very excited for that. So Victoria will be joining Mike a lot. I'll be there this Wednesday as well. So we'll have some fun going through the data from this week. Thursday night, we are back to continue our countdown of the greatest cast members of all time. This is a series that we started when we weren't sure if SNL was going to come back or not. And we had some fun. We're finally going to do it. We're going to pull the trigger on it. We're going to announce the top 50 cast members of all time. Many of you voted. We have released the first 20 cast members out of the greatest top 50 of all time. 30 more to go. 
Three are going to be announced on Thursday night. So join us for that show. We also have a patron-only podcast coming out on Thursday. So if you're a patron or you want to register to become a patron, patreon.com slash the SNL network, that will be a very fun show where the patrons will vote on a sketch that we didn't talk about enough that we're going to go into and talk about every line in the sketch, every character, every choice that the writers made and really get into it. We're going to do the SNL sketch breakdown with our patrons. So that will be patron exclusive for them. And then Saturday night, we will be back for the hot take show. Not to mention, we had some great preseason coverage, including our draft and our preseason roundtable. So, so much SNL talk here. Oh, and I forgot, we're also going to talk to Punky Johnson this week, hopefully. So that'll be great in your feed. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Make sure to set those notifications on so you know when we have a show coming up. And you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, at the SNL Network to find everything we are doing. Bill Kenny, thank you for joining us. What would you like to plug? John, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Glad to be back. Glad to be talking about new SNL. Uh, You can follow me anywhere at BKLove73. Victoria, always an absolute pleasure to get to talk to you. Please let the listeners know where they can find you. Online, you can find me on Instagram right here. Uh, If you're in the Chicago area, I will be performing uh, Monday nights throughout November at the Second City. And then starting January, I will be um, on the house teams at IO every Wednesday night. So congratulations, Victoria. We're so, so proud of you. you. So keep it up. Uh, TJ, please tell the listeners to check out everything you got going on. Oh, I was just in Chicago and I was looking at Second City, sh- Second City shows, but I couldn't make it out because of work. But uh, yeah, when I'm in there again for work, I'd love to try to come to one of the shows. Um, I have a 15-ish minute podcast called Rabbit Trail. That's R-A-B-I-D, um, where we talk about things like haunted houses, tattoos, uh, whether or not being the younger or older sibling has set you up to be a failure for life. Um, you know, we just chat about things. We recently did our 100th episode live special um, that you can also find in our feed. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, you can shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And you can always find me, TJ. I can compliment on Instagram. Yeah. And I just want to say as we're wrapping up the show tonight, thank you to all our panelists and everyone who joins us. Uh, going into our fourth season of the show, this is an absolute privilege to get to cover our favorite show here for all of you. So I really want to let you know as listeners that we appreciate you joining us on this journey. Okay. My name is John Schneider from the Saturday Night Network, and we will see you next time, everybody. Have a good one.